Hey, bro, they was doing Paul Pierce so dirty on YouTube, dog. I was watching the video. Man. I mean, but he deserved it, honestly. He deserved it. Like, bro, you a millionaire. Why are you doing this? Why? What do you gain? Attention, man. Attention, man. And again, the, the biggest question for me, why would you make them sign NDAs and snatch their phone to go do that? Why? It's backwards. Like, if you was going to do that, you might as well have been like, hey, yeah, bring your phones. I don't care. Right. Fuck I'm do about it. Like, you know. Mm, also, bro, nigga, and, nigga said, ain't nobody going to ruin my career but me. That's it. I, I didn't like the people, the old heads in the, in the like, media were saying, Paul Pierce deserved it, bro. He did his time in the NBA. He ain't getting into no trouble, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, that's the <laughs> point. He had his time to do shit like this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because, again, if Zion did some shit like this, I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. He's a 20-year-old who's a millionaire for the first time in his life. Like, yeah, it makes sense. It's, also do shit like that. I know somebody gave me. But how how much Nike pay that man? No, Jordan gave him seventy five million dollars. <laughs> I'm telling you right. Still, uh, I'm about to put it in. Oh now. shit, James Wiseman with a torn meniscus. Damn. Damn. Just now. Yeah, been diagnosed man. with torn meniscus. Told you these young motherfuckers brittle though. This is this is still my favorite graphic ever, man. Damn. <laughs> 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 so you got you got a sixty ball, a twenty and ten. Hold on, hold on. A hold on. <laughs> Let's take in respect of what year this was. Paul Pierce retired in 2015, I believe, right? Yeah, I think so. So 2015. So the Clippers, yeah, they was a they was competing for nothing basically. So yeah, that's pretty bad. I think that was their last bad. year competing. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah, because that was the first year of Golden State won, right? 2015. Yeah. But here's here's my question. Here's Here's my question. Here's my question. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you after after Draymond said you keep trying to chase that farewell tour? You ain't Kobe. They don't love you like that. I would have retired that day. Honestly, <laughs> I'm like, hey, um, hey, hey, Doc, tell him, tell him I got a, a, a broke fibula. Uh, it was a freak accident. I ain't coming back, bro. I really ain't. <laughs> uh uh uh. All right, for sure. Let me know when y'all ready to go live, man. Shit, I'm ready when y'all are. All right, for sure. I'm about to press live. I'm about to record. And already, I'm about to press live on the Twitch, right? Now. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. All right, it's done in code. Live now. All right. First of all, uh, Ziff with the uh, red wing shirt just got a big win over the Carolina Hurricanes, the top team in the NHL right now. Uh huh. Uh huh. Shout out to the red wings for that. First of all, we we gonna start yeah. off with that. Goat franchise. But but second of all, you know we always got to start off about five minutes of small talk before we get into the show. So fellas, um, I'm gonna ask you a question and do with this question what you will. Um, but. DMX passed away. Uh, Prince Philip also passed away. Uh, Black Rob is in the hospital right now, uh, going through it. Whoa. Um, 
You know what? Let me not. Let me not even include Prince Philip in there before we get canceled by the. Why did uh, I say that? By the good folks. Of, <laughs> by the good folks of the UK. That, but <laughs> hey, you know what though? I'm gonna just say this: if Black Rob would want to be remembered for woke. I mean, come on now. That was a hit. Yeah. That was a certified mega hit. So. Yeah. It, you know, they. It, it's really unfortunate that uh, that these things are are happening at this moment. And um, let me ask y'all this. Are there any DMX songs or any DMX moments that y'all have in y'all personal lives where you like, this is a story I got to tell? And the story I got to tell, but like, I think we need to start seriously discussing is, uh, we, don't, we don't really curse on this show, but what these, what these blank want, that's, that's yeah. one of the greatest songs yeah. I've Oh made. my God. Oh my God, man. <laughs> Oh my you know how many times a day, even before he passed, I just randomly say, somebody let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something, man. Um, my 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 chapter in uh, Kappa Alpha Psi, we're known as the Wood Chapter because we're in Raleigh, which is the city of Oaks. So we're known as the Wood Chapter. And one of the things that we always say as a chapter is, where the wood, where the wood, where the wood at. So like it was DMX is he really is like a transcendent icon. It was some dudes who like legitimately grew up in the burbs or whatever. But like when we were told, oh yeah, y'all gotta say where the wood. We all understood it. Nobody's like, hey, where, <laughs> right. where is that from? Who, who, who was that? So I, there's, there's my DMX story. Chris, what you got for us, man? Um, I think he was a very underrated actor, in my opinion, man. Like, DMX, when he did a role, man, he did that role to the T. Like, he was always serious in every role. We all see him play when he's an actor. So, I mean, to me, he's a slept-on actor. Like, a lot of people say Tupac is a good actor, but to me, I feel like DMX is in that same category. You know, he's a good For actor. Sure. As long with a good rapper, you know what I mean? So For sure. Yeah. And you know what? Never Die Alone was a hell of a movie. I don't care what nobody say, bro. I would yeah. die on that hill. That was a good ass movie. Like there's there's very few movies that told the 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 narrative of like the drug dealing life, the gangster life and all that that I'm like, I rock with that. But that was one of them where it was like the depth, all of the intricacies, all of the, the little things that they got right. For sure, I'll I'll definitely rock with that. But anywho, what's up, y'all? Have a seat. We appreciate Ziff for letting us use this page again. Uh what's up, Ziff Nation? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Acts crew. If you're listening to this because you didn't watch this live, you missed the show. Because you it, it, to see Chris' face half the time is, is half the show right there. It really and truly <laughs> is. But um, thank you for coming out and supporting regardless. So today, we, we got a lot to talk about in today's show. But before I get to the rundown, I got to introduce the master of the mix and master. Once again, the man whose page we're using today. Josh Guyton, how you doing? That is I, that is I, just in here chilling, man. Hope y'all had a good weekend. It's WrestleMania weekend, fellas. We ain't gonna talk about that much on the show, but uh, we had a, we had a good show last night, man. Hey, Hollywood's that finally hit 1K. We proud of you. We, you know, you just like Uncle Elroy. You never said that you was gonna stay loyal to the hood. We knew you was gonna get that money and be gone. And speaking of money, we got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. How you doing, Chris? Right here, right here, but. I'm sick though, cause Kyrie getting ejected. His first career ejection cost me fifty dollars, but I would have won two thousand dollars last night, man. Dang. Now see, now, now why you why you would have hop ahead of me in the rundown, man? Why you wanna? <laughs> I, I'm your MC catching Gibbs, and, and now since we like, already got it open, we go the today we got to talk about the the 
matchup, which everybody presumes will be the NBA Finals and the Nets and Lakers happening last night. The NBA 25 under 25 list by ESPN, which honestly was a little controversial to say the least. Uh, Georgia, oof. Y'all done lost the All-Star game messing around trying to restrict voter rights, huh? You hate to see that. And speaking of guys from Georgia, Justin Fields is now all of a sudden the fifth best quarterback on the draft boards behind Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. So, uh, oh, and we got the uh, NBA, I'm, I'm sorry, the NFL number rule, which is allowing for more freedom of numbers, still not showing no love to us big guys. But that's another story for another time. That that sound good to y'all? Sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. All righty. So we got to talk about the folks that messed up Chris's bets, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, this was the most starless star matchup I've ever seen. Uh, this matchup between the, the Lakers and the Nets, the Lakers blew them out 126 to 101. However, there was no LeBron. There was no AD. There was no Harden. There was no Kyrie for the second half of the game. So this game here really was just a, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Andre Drummond highlight show, I guess, because he he was he was bullying LA, yeah. and he did the the two small joint on him, and I man, <laughs> all just two. That's a big fella right there. You got I, I would have stole him. I would have stole him. No, I'm just playing. But seriously, is this? <laughs> Is this a whole lot of something or a whole lot of nothing? What are y'all thinking? Um, I think you could look at it two ways. As far as like a talent and a basketball standpoint, I think it's a whole lot of nothing. Sometimes teams win games. Sometimes teams teams lose games. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we've seen it to where, like, if you look at the the Bulls seventy two and ten season, half of those losses came against teams that didn't even make the playoffs. Like sometimes teams that's exceptionally talented just lose games, and we know right. that it's from a talent standpoint. The Nets are the most talented team in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. but I think the the something that you can look into is one the mental toughness of the Nets because one, um, if you're compiling a list of mentally tough basketball players. Andre Drummond is not somebody you put nearly towards the top of that list. I mean, it, I mean, it is no disrespect, but we've seen this man get bullied by and beat. We've seen this man just not be a tough basketball player. Did the did the R and B songs play an effect in, in the way you thought of Drummond? <laughs> <laughs> the R and B song from a six eleven, two hundred and sixty pound guy. Listen, if he want to make a slow jam for the ladies, you know what I mean? That, you can't just let Jacquees and the four foot 11 dude have it. <laughs> he deserved to get his shot to make himself an R&B song. Yeah, so if Shaq made an R&B song right now, you going to still look at Shaq the same. I, you Man. know, I, listen, I ain't going to say you're wrong. I'll just say that. I ain't going to say you're wrong. Hey, I ain't going to um, do that. Yeah, but... Th- that's the way you got to look at it. Drummond being physically and mentally tough and bullying that team is one thing to look into. And from the from the buyouts and the trade deadline, the talent they've been able to compile, the only team that we can see realistically beating the Nets is the Nets. So you got to look into things like that. You got to look at how they handle these situations. And what was still a big game, even without AD and LeBron, and we'll get into Kyrie a little bit later, but also you can't beat yourselves because when you're in a game like that, you can't let things take you, literally take you out of the the game mentally. We'll get into it a little bit later. But I I think from a talent standpoint, it's not a lot to look into, but from how we see the Nets operate long-term, this might be something that that could fester and, and show its head in the playoffs. 
Chris, what you thinking, man? What you what you thinking? Is this a lot of something, a lot of nothing? I think it's a whole lot of nothing, but let me tell you why. Um, for one, I do think this will be the finals matchup just off the strength alone that the East doesn't have enough scoring. It's a lot of teams on the East that can defend really well. You got Philly, you got the Bucks, you even got the Pacers who put up a pretty good defensive fight. And a long shot, even Miami have a really good defensive team. They, they're a good defensive team, but they got a lot of guys that are easy, easy isolation. So right. that's the reason why I'm not going to put in Miami as a great defensive team this year. But if you get Duncan Robinson on the, on the, uh, on the ISO. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh. Did he put mambo sauce on these fries and wings? Oh my God. Oh, oh. Y'all see the last I episode need of Snowfall? The last episode hey. so far, Uncle Jerome on the grill. That's oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, go to, go to get yourself a burger, man. Come on. <laughs> so so what you what you thinking, man? So so the East has a lot of defending teams, but I don't think they can be able to outscore the, the, the Nets, man. Like, you got Kyrie can go for 40. Harden can go for 40. KD can go yeah. for 40. And they're all efficient because they got so much spacing on the floor right now, like, I don't project none of them to shoot below 50% in the playoffs. Even though Harden has done it multiple times in the past, I don't predict it this year, though. And also, they got one of the best shooters in the league in Joe Harris. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And they also have two big guys that point shaved in their last team that are shooting the three. Especially <laughs> I've never seen Blake Griffin pull up from the strike. Pull up from the, the, right. the, the tick mark on the sideline. Never, never, never. never. <laughs> But but here's why I think it's a lot of nothing though. Neither team was at full strength. You didn't have Harden. KD just got back from injury. He had a 25 minute restriction. Kyrie gets ejected. So we didn't see pretty much the whole big three on the nets. We didn't see him because by the time KD came out the game, it was already a blowout anyway. So he enters the game with I think 22 points. Um, Kyrie got ejected as soon as the third quarter started with 18 points, which cost my parlay. Um, then you got Harden who didn't even attend the game. Then you got Brian and AD on the bench, Kuzma on the bench, which the Lakers are really weird right now. Because to me, I don't know who the sixth guy is. You got Schroeder at the one, KCP at the two, Brian at the three, who's going to be theoretically one, the one point guard, AD at the four, and Drummond at the five. Right now, the way Mar- Marquise Morris has been playing, I would say he's the sixth guy because he's been coming in. He's been three and D. He's been sitting on his matchup and he's been getting his averages. And that's all you need when you got LeBron at AD and now drunk. But people have been saying on Twitter, they've been mentioning me, Montrez Harrell. I'm like, I mean, Montrez don't really, to me, he's not really a sixth guy off the bench because he's not a ball handler and he doesn't really guard anybody. He just, you know, he'll give you seven hey, to 11. It sounds like a good problem to have. If I'm Frank Vogel, yeah, that's a great yeah, problem to yeah, have. Yeah. Yeah. However, though, however, though, the, I think the Lakers can beat the Nets strictly because I think AD is the difference. I right. think right. if AD go out there and play bully ball like he should on those two old guys, Blake Griffin and Aldridge and Drummond, three old guys, if he gets a matchup with any of them, mind you, AD can put the ball on the floor. Let's not forget that. Let's not. I know y'all ain't seen AD hoop in a minute, but trust me, he still can put the ball on the floor. Oh, we not he not he not even 30 yet. He hadn't hit the age where you physically start tailing off. Exactly. Exactly. So you think about a pick and roll with A D and Drummond. My God. With Brian coming around, A D and Drummond double screen. My God. My God. Yeah. Oh man. Woo. 
Would you want to you be know, caught in the screen years between AD and Drummond? Like you can't go either way. Well, listen, I'm a football player, so I'm gonna just take the I'm gonna just take the foul. But like <laughs> that that play is blown up at that point. That's just how that's gonna go. But nah, um, I'm I'm gonna tell you what this to me was a whole lot of something, and let me tell you why. They got under Kyrie's skin with a word that is more or less a colloquialism amongst black people. Like, yeah. let's be honest with ourselves here. Like, you literally said one word to this man, which was the N-word, which, don't get me wrong, the N-word does carry heavy connotations. It does right. carry a lot of uh, pain and animus behind it. However, it is used so commonly within the black community. And it, whether or not Kyrie wants to admit it, it, it has been used as a term of endearment amongst many black people. They're like, that's all they got to do? You, before you had to, like, to get somebody out of their game, you had to send somebody from the end of the bench to, like, elbow them in the nuts or something like that. All now right. all you got to do, hey, go in there and say the word that you say, like, 38 times a day. That's, <laughs> that's it. Like, uh, you know. No, but seriously, even beyond that, I, I think that this is a whole lot of something simply from a standpoint of if you're the team that wants to be the hunter, or that is the hunter, rather, and wants to be the hunted, you have to attack a matchup like this with, like, everything you got. And, yes, there was hardened out, KD on minutes restriction, uh, Kyrie ejected. But also, like, at the end of the day, a 26-point embarrassment where you let uh, McLemore look like he was uh, Vinny the Microwave Johnson, <laughs> that, to me, is concerning. It's concerning because yeah. what if we set up – what have we said about this Nest team all year? They can score with anybody, but at defensively, they're turnstile. Anybody who want a buck, go ahead. You you play against them, you know you're going to lose, but you're going to get your 40 ball. You bet. Hey, it's hey, a contract incentive for 40-point games? Oof. Need it. I, I'm going to up you one, Gibbs. I think I think one of the highlights of this, and I still think it's a lot of nothing because we didn't see the star power. That's just my personal thing. But drumming on the big stage. Has he been on the big stage yet? He and you know what? Yeah, not even close. Cleveland, and now he's on the big stage. He gets to see Big Drake. And you know what? I, I I remember everybody said, oh, Drummond is inefficient around the basket. Oh, he's only a 50% finisher. People forget. He's a 50% finisher when he's a number one option. And, like, at the end of the day, if a big is a number one option, you get to get away with a lot of fouling and all that that you would not otherwise. When the big is your second or third option, it's a little more difficult because who are you going to help off of? Like, when you look at this Lakers team, who are you going to help off of if Drake get the ball in the post against Andre Drummond? That, I, I don't mean. To also, me. Also, his percentage is a little bit lower because Dwayne Casey was experimenting with him shooting the three ball. So, before yeah. he got under Dwayne Casey, he was shooting almost 60%. But right. Dwayne Casey tried to develop the mid-range in the three ball. So, his percentage started dropping. He was shooting almost three a game at one point. People don't realize that. Whew, good for him. Good for him realizing that that, that was not the wave. And that was the wave. <laughs> but, anywho, we'll, time will tell. But are y'all still sold that this is the finals matchup? Unless something crazy happens, this is the finals matchup? Because I think so. I'm, I'm fully sold on. I don't think either one of these teams' conferences have enough form in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think um... – I think it's Nets Lakers. If they're fully healthy, the Lakers are coming out of the West easily. Um, and the East, the only team I see having a chance to beat um, Brooklyn is a healthy Philly team. 
mm-hmm. because I don't see anybody on on Brooklyn being able to match up with Embiid. I think Embiid can go out there and give you thirty five and fifteen average for that series easily. And you know, and you know the part that, I, and I'm going to jump in here. The part that to me is where Philly has an advantage. They don't. The seventy sixers, like you said, there's no one on Brooklyn to stop Embiid. There's also no one to stop Simmons. Unless you put KD on them, and KD is playing his absolute best ball. But here's the flip side where I say this is the point that turns it for the 76ers. Whichever guy that Simmons checks between Harden, Kyrie, and KD, right. he's going to put him in a torture chamber while they're there. Right. Like that's so, just, he's been doing that this so, year. But, but this is the thing, though. This is the thing. Let's say you put KD on Simmons, which when he's locked in, KD is a good defender, right? Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is... You got Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and Seth Curry, and you're going to have to force Kyrie and Harden to run off screens and chase them off screens, off catch-and-shoot opportunities. And I don't see Harden or Kyrie running around and chasing people around the three-line off screens. Not Seth. Come on not now. Seth. They're not going to chase Come Seth. on now. They're not, yeah. they not chasing either one of them. They're they not chasing oh, nobody. They're not running I, around I, screens, I bro. Chase, I, I, I think they chase Danny Green in this stage of his career only because he's become more of a corner-to-corner runner versus a full court runner, if that makes sense. I don't Shit. see Danny Green shoot too many shots outside the corner anymore. That's just from the games I watched. It. But also, when Steve I, Nash is the head coach. You don't got to come explain to like a Nate McMillan that's going to cuss you off. <laughs> Why did you get around the screen? Steve Nash is going to be like, oh, no, they set a screen. You can't get around it. Oh, he's he so a hard. cool teacher, man. I, I understand. I, we, I, I 100% agree with Guyton, bro. I would, if the Philly had anybody other than Doc Rivers as the coach, I would put my life savings that it goes seven games. I mm-hmm. would. But I just can't trust Doc Rivers. Just like you said yeah. about Nash, Doc Rivers does not make players do things they should be doing. Yeah. I don't no know. Way. He the secret no key to unlocking Tobias Harris. He the key. He the missing piece. Tobias the only guy. Tobias the only guy. But it's no way. It's no way. Philly was down. We get, who did they play Friday? I can't think of the name of the team they played Friday. They was they lost. They shouldn't have lost to it. Okay, see? Anyway, was it? No, they beat Okay yesterday. It was the day before okay. that. They uh, lost yeah, I can't remember. I, I, can't, I can't think of the name. It was a team they should have beat. Uh, it's killing me. I got to look. I got. I'm gonna look. But anyway, I look at the stats, right? And I, I go and say, uh, "It's no way." Pelicans, Pelicans without Lonzo, they just had Zion and Brandon Ingram, right? And I look at this game and I go, "It's no way this Philly should lose this game." I look at the stat sheet. Ben Simmons is two for three in the third quarter, and I'm like, "Doc, Doc, <laughs> are you serious? Who guarded him? Josh Hall? Two for three." Nobody's guarding them. It's Pelicans. They don't go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like I've always said, it's the Pelicans ain't up 20. Y'all can go, y'all, y'all can go through the tapes of Facts Over Acts, bro. Every time I see it, I bring it up on the show. If I see another NB screen for Simmons on the block when he got somebody Josh Hart side, <laughs> I am going to lose it. Why is that yeah, a yeah. you? Brent Brown yeah. just got fired doing that. Yeah, yeah. Just Why? go ahead. I, I 100% agree. I mean, if you've been Simmons, Why? just figure out a way. Face up, hit a jab step. I mean, what What is Josh Hart going to do to you? Two for three and you're done 14? <laughs> Two for three? Don't challenge it, it's the game of Fortnite. 
This oh my god. Oh my, <laughs> on the court, on the court, talking about something. <laughs> Bro, get out of here. Get out of here. So, so we we I, and I feel like this was a perfect transition because we talked about Ben Simmons and as as although he was the, probably the oldest rookie that we've seen in some time, rookie of the year. Uh, we go to the 25 under 25 list here by ESPN. And at number one, we've got Luka Doncic. Number two, we got Zion Williamson. Number three, we have LaMelo Ball, Donovan Mitchell at number four, Jason Tatum at five, De'Aaron Fox, Ben Simmons, Devin Booker, Bam Adebayo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., John Morant, Trey Young, Mikael Bridges, DeMonte Sabonis, uh, Anthony Edwards, DeAndre Ayton, Tyrese Halliburton, John Collins, Jared Allen, Lonzo Ball, Colin Sexton. Do y'all have a problem with these lists or with that list? Are there any glaring omissions or any people that you say, this person needs to be up higher, this person needs to be down lower? Man, so so first of all, part of the reason for our motivation was starting to show and calling it facts over acts is because we feel like a large part of sports journalists don't watch games. Absolutely. And looking at this list, they don't watch games. They said, hey, uh, we need a 25 under 25 list. Go ahead and make it. And it was a room full of dudes that pulled up basketballreference.com and looked at the box scores from this season and was like, all right, let's go ahead and make a list. Mm, you're not wrong. You are you're talking to arguably the largest LaMelo Ball stand in the, in the country right now. It's no way that LaMelo Ball is third. He's extremely well, talented. Now, well, I now, think he's underrated the, in some sense. The list, the list was based on future potential. So do you not believe that he has the third highest potential on this list? Third highest potential? I would say yes. But at the same mm. time, I don't think you can make a list based off of potential when when you got players like Jason Tatum, even though I think he has another step to take. He's the, the number one guy in Boston. He's giving you 25 a game easily for the past few seasons. You yeah. got Donovan Mitchell, who's the one seed. Under 25. We, we saw Donovan Mitchell in his rookie year put Paul George out the playoffs. I mean, put Paul George out the playoffs. And really in the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. right and, and, and Russ. It ain't too much of an accomplishment these days. Like, when people talk about Dave's best accomplishments, they're not like, oh, the wave shot. That was like, right. it's just like, oh, it's Paul George. <laughs> just, I understand that. I understand that. If Donovan Mitchell did give him 30-plus in a game, six. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, okay, you know, you're not you know, wrong there. You know, you know, you're not wrong. If it was, if it was, if it was, a, if it was a, the Jazz just dominate the OKC Paul George, but he gave him thirty plus in the game six. As a rookie, you're not wrong. That's the playoff to me. That's the difference to me. Playoff uh, P, man. Playoff P. Uh, another thing that I'm looking at on this list and just like complete game, the way they played a complete game, and I guess it's a matter of being in a small market. Can somebody explain to me? Maybe he just flies under the radar. How is Demontis Sabonis not closer to the top ten on this list? I have no clue. I have no clue. Let me, let, let me, it's let me no way if it's this year, next year, or 10 years from now, you're not taking Mikhail Bridges over DeMontis Sabonis. Not at all. To be honest, but what I've seen, you don't take Trey Young over Sabonis. You don't. No. You, you just don't do it. Listen, Sabonis probably has the most triple doubles on this list. Probably. probably has the most triple doubles on this list. But it's either him or Luka. It's either him or Luka. Him or Luka, right. Him or Luka. He, and honestly, I think he might even have Luca more than Luca because he gets seven assists almost in the first half every game. Like he gets his average in assists every game. Yeah. 
And, and then just based off potential, uh, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. shouldn't be that high. I'm, I'm going to tell you something about Michael Porter Jr. I'm very high on his potential. There's certain players on this list, though. Jason Tatum, for the exact reason you said, he's been in the league and he's been a one for so long. If he does not take that next step within the next, like, two, I give him, I, I said this when we were off air. I give him two more years to take that next step. Because at that point, you've been in this role for almost, what, six, five, five, six? Well, no, no, no. The true number one he's been at at that point for three to four years. Show and prove, big dog. Show and prove. Yeah. All of the greats, all of the superstars showed and proved by that age. LeBron showed and proved with that 07 Cavs team. Uh, you talk about Kobe. He was showing and proving when he was with the Lakers. He was... When, like, right after Shaq got there, when they were getting first-round exits and he was, like, missing game winners to get him put out, it was still he showed and proved he's a number one. You don't argue this guy's a number one going forward. Even I'd even go as far as to say Kawhi Leonard, when the Spurs won their second championship over the Heat, he showed and proved. He showed and proved, like, I'm the guy. I'm one of those guys. that like, And that was a complete win that was a Danny Green set a record for threes in the finals win, but look, Kawhi still proved at some level I'm the guy. Big dog, you got Jalen Brown with you. You got Marcus Smart with you. You got Brad Stevens, who everybody and their mama believes is the next great thing right. with you. Yeah. Right. Show and prove. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm I'm just on the bandwagon of we are giving him a lot of praise for somebody who has no rings. That's that's my thing as a coach. Players I mean, it's, it's, a little it's, different. It's a, lot, a it's a lot of time for that. Oh, you oh, mean sure. you mean Brad Stevens? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's what I'm saying. He came I mean, out of college I mean, and everybody's like, he didn't even win one in college. I understand you were at Butler, but, like, you got no rings in college. You have no rings in the NBA. And everybody's like, oh, he's a genius. He's different from he everybody took a, He took a Butler team who, 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 who and I, I hate to say this on our channel, but he took a Butler team that had the opposite of what Baylor had to win it all this year. He took them far. He, he, had, he, had, he had those type of players on his team that, that Gonzaga had. And he Gordon Hayward was far. not bad, man. Gordon Hayward was he not bad. bad but, but you had about six other non-athletic Gordon Haywards on that team. So, you know what I mean? It, it, it's hard to work with that, and he took them pretty uh, far. To me, Jason Tatum being number five, mm, I don't know about that. Uh, but again, if we're going over like the the potential as in your ceiling, I think Michael Porter Jr. being where he is is justified. I might want to move him up this list a little bit. Um, honestly and truly, I don't know if it's because his coach is terrible or what, but De'Aaron Fox being at six seems high. That seems a little high. And Ben Simmons being number seven. I don't think people understand how high his ceiling is if he learns to hit two threes a game. If he shoots literally 35%, makes two. If he makes two out of six a game for the rest of his career, do you know how dangerous that is to the rest (laughs) of the league? Like, this is a 6'10 point guard who puts other point guards in just absolutely. Like, Ben Simmons playing against point guards looks like when you play your little cousin who, like, you was cooling at first, and then he scored, like, two baskets, like, Hey, mama, is Chris trash? And you like, <laughs> oh, word? Word? Okay. That's what Ben Simmons looks like guarding other point guards because they, they have nowhere to go. 
So his ability to handle the ball, his court vision, his ability to pass, and his first step. If you combine those four things with a shot that teams have to honor, man, his ceiling to me is as high as anybody. It's higher than Lucas, really. I think he should be number one on this list by by a mile. I might be, I might be, I might be taking a stretch, but the way he is defensively and the way he gets to the basket, the way he finishes, the way he can slam on a defender. If Ben Simmons learned how to shoot a mid-range post-up or learn how to shoot a three-pointer, I think we see in the second coming of LeBron James, like late, that, late in his career, late in his career. And that's and that's my point because Luca, I think Luca is at his ceiling right now. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that Luca's ceiling, because of the way he plays, is sustainable over a long period of time. But I don't think he has another level to touch. I just don't. He could prove me wrong because I didn't think Dirk had another level to touch. And then all of a sudden, he just was like, oh, where? We, apparently, us following D-Wade is, like, illegal. <laughs> where? I got something for y'all. But, like, to me, Luca is, like, he is what he is. And he'll be this for the next eight to ten years. But, like. That's just that. Like he, he's going to be a really great offensive player who defensively has limitations. He's going to try hard, but he just has the limitations. Ben Simmons' only limitation is shooting. If he can get that addressed, he, to me, potential-wise, he's better than everybody else on the list. Listen, my biggest problem with this list is Bam Adebayo. Did we forget mm. what Bam did in them playoffs last year? Did we forget? I, Bam well, did – did we forget? Jimmy Butler went out there against LeBron and AD and the whole East with just Bam and he won. Two, two games off the Lakers and he beat the whole East. He took down Giannis Bucks. That's how he ruled the world. No, but I, I think it was a, also a symptom of the bubble because those role players on Miami was balling way more in the bubble than they are this season. But I'm going to tell you something. Did you see the chamber that Bam put Giannis in? Oh yeah. Did we not see that? Oh, yeah. I mean, Bam Bam is the Giannis stopper. Bam is like that's that's not like a joking nickname. No, like he literally just he has it to stop Giannis. Like, I, but I I agree with you 100 percent on Bam should probably be a little higher. The biggest offense of this list to me, don't throw Ty, Tyrese Halliburton on a single list that RJ Barrett ain't on. Don't you <laughs> dare do that. Don't you ever in your life. I don't know who at ESPN made this, but listen to me and listen well. Don't you ever in your life put Tyrese Halliburton on a list that R.J. Barrett ain't on. R.J. Barrett is a, Barrett is a guy that I knew from the beginning he was not going to get the love that he deserved because, one, he was with the Nets. Two, his game not flashy. R.J. Barrett doesn't have a flashy game. He's a boring guy that's going to give you buckets, that's going to do what he's supposed to do, be in the right place. And because of that, he doesn't get on lists like this. But he, you cannot tell me that right now or for the next five years, you would have Tyrese Halliburton over R.J. Barrett. Come on, man. Listen, if me and you had a debate <laughs> on the show two weeks ago, too, on this list. They, Edwards over eight, just like I said, Edwards over eight. Okay. I mean, I, but here's the thing. Up. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we're talking complete potential, like overall the ceiling of what they could be at their best, I don't understand how you go Edwards over Aiden simply because the big men in the game are getting worse and worse every year. These are not the same quality of bigs that we had in the mid 2000s. This this is just facts. When you would be looking at, oh, I got to play Tim Duncan tonight. And then, oh, I got to go play KG. And then, oh, I got to go play Shaq. 
Oh, God. And then I got to go play Joe Kim Noah. Oh, God. Like, this is terrible. This is not that same. And right. then you think you're getting a break. And then Rashid and Ben Wallace roll up like, excuse me? You getting a what? Like, yeah, this you, is. You, you definitely get to look at the schedule now and be like, who's guarding me tonight? Oh, Robert Williams. Oh, Robert Williams. Oh. I'm good. <laughs> oh, exactly. Like, you get the, who, who's the Kings big man now? Marvin Bagley? Oh, word, word, word. Yeah, da- Davis Bertons? I'm good, yo. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so to me, DeAndre Aiden has the best potential because the same way that I talk about Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond is not a player that regardless of regardless of age that he came along in, he would be the player that he is today. If Andre Drummond was in the 90s, he would be, like, another really good center. He would not be the dominant force that's like, oh, my God, he's a 20 and 20 machine because that's not – Patrick Ewing ain't allowing that. Like, you know what I mean? Even if you talk about a mid-level guy, a Bill Beer, Bill Beer was nowhere near the best center in the game when he was coming along. But he, him and Rick Mahorn was not allowing you to get 20 rebounds. Like, that was not happening. So, I mean, at, to me, Williams – I'm sorry, not Williams. Edwards is very, he's a very good player, extremely athletic, not taking away anything from him. He's a better passer and ball handler than he gets credit for. And defensively, when he locks in, he's good at it. But I just don't think by comparison level, he has as high of a ceiling. Because to me, a guard changes the game more because of the rules. However, a really good big man, mm, we've seen the best bigs in today's game, mm, they can do something for you. They can do something for you. I, I really and truly think that this list has um, backfired on ESPN a little bit because yeah. a lot of people have been cooking them for this. Stephen A. cooked them. Shannon yeah. Sharp cooked them. Bomani Jones cooked them. They just been getting cooked from all sides for this <laughs> list. And and if we're talking about things backfiring, we got to talk about this Georgia voting bill uh, that has yeah. backfired on the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia immensely as – MLB has already moved their all-star game out of Atlanta. Now, fellas, tell me, is this something that you're like, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, this was worth it for the state of Georgia? Or is this something that you like, well, look at you being stupid. Your chickens done came home to roost. <laughs> um, so I, I got three takeaways from this. One, um, I'm very happy and surprised to see that the MLB does something that's that's progressive especially when it comes to something as uh as I don't want to say controversial is the word but something that's ongoing in this country that like voter suppression which is like right. not something that's a general consensus like hey this affects one group of people like it's always some group of people that's like hey we're just trying to make sure the right people are voting when we know what the right people are so that's one thing uh, the two, right people <laughs> right uh two I'm I'm happy to see this happen because with just everything that's been going on with the pandemic and um, everything going on with voter suppression in this country, money affects everything that goes on um, in this country. And hopefully the money that they lose from the all-star game coming, which is not, uh, it's not a crazy amount. I mean, I don't think the the MLB all-star weekend is pulling in as much money as it used to be, but Mm -hmm. it's still money that that city is losing out on. So hopefully that changes thing in the future as well. And then three, as far as um like just like a race relations issue, historically, 
black people have dominated the game of baseball when they've been put in a prominent role and they've been, you know, nurtured right in the farm system. And we know that, like, if you walk into a group of, of black folks and be like, hey, y'all, y'all like baseball, you might get laughed out the room. So hopefully this might change the minds as far as just, like, people from our community getting more involved with the sport, which I would love to see. Mm, that's that's a very good point. And I'm going to hop in right here. The top two guys at the most home runs list, I mean – Oh, black guy. Like, uh, you know, that's a three, thing. right? Oh, it's not three, is, right? Is it three? Babe Ruth is black? Oh, yeah. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. What you call it? Uh, Babe Ruth is stuff. I mean, it's a, it's, I think Babe Ruth is Dominican, but that's a story for another podcast, yo. But I'm oh, just saying, I, if you I'm, just look at the list in general. Oh, yeah. The list is, it's, we're, we're all over the list. But I'm going to just, I'm going to say this. My biggest takeaway from this is, Baseball, which has historically and even in today's current time been the most conservative of all of the major American sports, is now saying like, hey, we got a problem. We got a problem here. And to me, the Georgia legislators who drew the, the, this bill up, you know, and, and there's 98, I believe there's 98 pages to this bill. So for people to reduce it to like one or two things, like, oh, they just wanted to have more ID or, oh, they just want to... Like, why would it be illegal to give people food and water at polling sites? Like, if you know that somebody, first of all, I don't think that there's anybody who uh, is is going to, who is a believer in electoral politics uh, so much so that they show up to a polling station and wait for however long to do so, that like their opinion on these decisions can be uh, dissuaded by a Dunkin' Donut and some Deer Park water. <laughs> like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not a thing. So it's it's a very clear uh, message of what's trying to be done here. And and with the MLB taking a stance on it, like I said, if this is the most conservative league out of all of them taking a stance on it, whoo we Y'all can say goodbye to them Super Bowls. Y'all can say goodbye to them All-Star Weekends. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed this last one because right. they ain't going to be back for a while. But, yeah, that's... This to me, I mean, I the and and I'm not speaking to somebody who hopes this is successful for the legislators who drew it up. However, um, there the chance of this being worth it to them. Who y'all better win every election from now through <laughs> about 2028 for this much because y'all losing. Y'all talking about in NBA All Star, NFL. Uh, you talking about Super Bowls? Super Bowl Sunday is a national holiday in America. Like, let's just be honest about it. So to lose all of that behind it, y'all better win it all. Y'all better just, <laughs> y'all better have people, never mind, I'm not going to say that because I don't want to get us canceled, but <laughs> y'all better pass every piece of legislation y'all want in order to make this worth it. Chris, what you thinking, man? So so when this story first dropped, I have brought it to the chat, our, our, our uh, facts over at chats from iPhone. And I said, wow, the MLB doing something for us? Y'all remember? I, I, I was like, oh, yeah. doing something for us? Y'all was, y'all was like, wait, yeah. And then Gibbs broke down what they did, what the voting rights did in Georgia. And I was just like, wow, like, that's right after an election where they was trying to make sure every black person got out there and voted. They went and do this. Mm-hmm. So the only reason why I think this doesn't backfire this year is because of COVID. So All-Star Weekend... But MLB probably wouldn't be as populated as NBA All Star Weekend was in Atlanta. Right. So that's the only right. thing. Had I Shorty sleeping in U-Hauls. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So that's the only reason why I think this saves them because let's be honest, only our folk is gonna sleep in U-Hauls to go to some All Star Weekend. You ain't gonna see the other folk do. I I beg your pardon. I beg your listen. We not the only ones. I'm I, I'm gonna say that because I saw some folks getting out of them U uh them U-Hauls that it wasn't just us. It wasn't just I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. You will see some some of that from the other folks, but. Predominantly, we we lead the category for doing some some acts like that. You know, we. Man, we I, 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 we really, I really think it depends on. I think it depends on what it is. Cause you go go look at some of the music. Go look at a Woodstock or something like that. Exactly. They doing exactly. way worse than sleeping in some U-Haul. Sleeping bro. in a van, bro. <laughs> sleeping in a mama. Sleeping in a mama Astro van, bro. That is an old six Astro van. You are not supposed to be sleeping in there, Melanie. What are you doing? What are you doing? But anywho, but, we gotta. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. But, I mean, this year, it, it doesn't backfire. But as you said, Gibbs, for the next 10 years, this could hurt Atlanta's revenue. Where they get spikes in their revenue, this could hurt a lot. Because yeah. a lot yeah. of people that go to visit Atlanta, they fall in love and they stay in Atlanta. So, yeah. you don't get new faces in there, you might not get as many new people staying in Atlanta. Well, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to transition us back into a more sports-centric topic here because... Uh, we talked about folks who fell in love with Atlanta and, and, and never left. And I'm going to talk to y'all about a born and bred Georgia boy that just somehow ended up getting pushed out and, and may not come back now. Justin Fields has been named by some boards as now who seemed to be the number two, a lot for the number two pick coming in to the draft process. He's now slid down as far as the fifth best quarterback projected to go as late as possibly the third or fourth round in the draft here now fellas when we when we look at this um is this a situation of oh wow because in in defense of the critics of justin fields they only played about three good defenses three really good defenses this year and two of those games he struggled uh clemson was a a pretty good defense that he bought out against but the other two games against uh, Alabama and I want to say Northwestern, he had some problems. He had some difficulties as far as turnovers and quick decision making and all that. So is this something that you're like, this is justified critique of Justin Fields? Or is this like, uh, Scott's being lazy again? Like, it's just, is it just, or is this possibly one of the teams out there putting out a little bit of pre-draft cap? You know, when you, when you want a guy, but you don't want nobody right. else to want right. him. So, you know, like when you talk bad about a shorty that you're about to mess with, like, oh, girl, you don't want her, bro. She got, she got a mole on her forehead and all that. You know, that type of deal. Is that what's happening here? By the way, I don't think any of us three have ever done that, but I've heard of men doing that before. So, uh, with that being said, what do you think of Justin Fields dropping from second best quarterback to fifth in a matter of basically three months where no games have been played? Um... I think it. Ha I have to. I have to chalk it up to it being a team out there that that wants to try to get this guy, and they're throwing fillers out there to see if they can get teams to back away, especially teams that may be ahead of them that aren't the that aren't the best drafters. Now, right. uh, up until we got into this podcast space, I wasn't the hugest college football guy, but I've done a lot of a lot of catching up, especially cons considering the draft is coming up with this draft, and honestly. We can see that Trevor Lawrence is the consensus number one pick. Absolutely, like it's there's no other way you can cut it. He's if you 
somebody sculpted him as a quarterback from Clay. Like if somebody gave you a controller on Madden and was like, hey, make a quarterback, you would make Trevor Lawrence, right? Exactly. Yep. But More or less. also we're in a space where one, it's a lot of teams in the NFL that needs quarterbacks. And two, if you look at every other quarterback that may possibly be something one day in this upcoming draft, it's none other, it's, it's none other that you can go with um that that is close to what Trevor Lawrence is. A lot of them are, a lot of them are undersized if you look at quarterbacks. I think Justin mm-hmm. Field is, is the tallest one out of the rest of the bunch at six three and a half, right? Uh, it might be Trey Lance. Trey Lance might be six four, six five, but that's those are pretty much the only two that are big in in stature. Right. So I'm I'm just if you're looking at that, if you're not looking at at physical like physical stature, which you can see what they could become physically in the NFL in the future, all you got to do is go off of skill and physicality right now and go off of performance. And if you look at those things, I don't see how you couldn't take a chance on Justice Field or is any other quarterback that you could even consider taking before him if you're going just based off of those other of those other credentials. I feel it. I yeah. feel it. Chris, what you thinking, man? How, how did he slide the five? Is this, is this pre-draft oh, cap? Is this like Justin's play justifies this or is this something else going on? It, it has to be pre-draft cap. I mean... We all agree Trevor Lawrence is number one. All right, no ifs, ands, but even though he is a jerk and he brings NFL teams, I'll play another year if y'all make me go to the Jets, which we knew with Cap. You're not going to play another year at college when you go make millions. Exactly. Even though he makes crazy statements, we all know, yes, he should be the number one pick. He shows the most talent-wise at the quarterback position. Right. But Justin Fields – accomplished everything except a national championship at Ohio State as any other quarterback on this list. I mean, am, am I missing something here? He won with Ohio You're State. You're not. not um, he, he showed he can lead a team with Ohio State. He showed that he can play well in a lot of NFL offenses because Ohio State has one of the high-level offenses. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see how him not playing for three months affected his draft stock. Unless it's something behind the scenes that we can't see, and he he's selling, right. because it, to me it just doesn't make sense. Like he hasn't even played an organized football game, and his stock is dropping. It was just, it just leads me to believe it's just, it's just rumors going around. Just, you know, you know, if you see, if you've ever seen the uh, thirty for thirty where they talked about the draft class that had uh, Dan Marino and Blackman and all those guys in it. Um, they they talked about how like everybody knew that Dan Marino was one of the better quarterbacks in that class, but the Dolphins wanted him, so the Dolphins put it out there like, "Oh, we hear he's a bad guy. (laughs) He's allegedly a horrible person. He does a lot of bad things." I think that this is that, but like I don't understand why it's happening because the seventy. The, I'm sorry, not 76 the 49ers did not move up to third to take McCullough Jones. I refuse right. to believe that. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to live in a world, at least with Zach Wilson, you can say that there are things about him. He has an arm that can throw the ball a country mile and one of the quickest releases you've ever seen. And for whatever reason, much like many other quarterbacks whose mode he fits, he is allegedly a film junkie like we have never seen before, even though we see film junkies like we've never seen before every year. So allegedly he's that, right? 
I, I can maybe, possibly, maybe see how he moves up. Sure. Justin Fields is, he's not like, he's, he's the, the young man, I'm going to just rattle off his resume for you real quick here. Uh, in basically what amounted to a season and a half at Ohio State, because let's be honest, they didn't have a full season last year. He's 20 and 2 as a starter, 68% completion percentage, 6,800 total yards, yeah. 82 touchdowns, 67 of which were passing versus nine interceptions. By the way, that's completely excluding his stats at the University of Georgia. So that's, there's that's, that. That's A-Rod numbers. That's A-Rod numbers. So, <laughs> and, and, and to me, you, you put numbers like that up against one of the best conferences in football. Right. Like you can say what you want about, oh, the Big Ten is bad right now. Michigan's not good right now. Michigan State's not good right now. Minnesota wasn't good last year. Um, uh, you, you can say what you want about, you know, Wisconsin not being the greatest at the moment either. All that good stuff. You can say what you want about that. This is still a power five conference. You are still going to find elite defenders all over the field. Quinny Pay from uh from Michigan is gonna be one of the top 20 guys off the board. And and Fields had no problem with his defense. There's to me, when I look at this situation, I'm gonna tell you this. If he does fall to the second round, whatever team that, that gets him needs to be thanking their lucky stars. Much like I said about the Baltimore Ravens when they got Lamar at the end of the first. Thank your lucky stars. That other folks' idiocy has thrown you a gem, has thrown you a gift. Because this young man is extremely gifted, extremely gifted. People think, oh, he can run a little bit, and he's he's all right. He's a pretty good scrambler. He runs a 4-4. <laughs> right. He would be fast for a cornerback. Like, that's – this This is – so, to me – I'm telling you, I believe that the 49ers are going to take him at three. However, if the 49ers take Mac Jones, <laughs> I'm sorry, so, Niners Nation. I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm sorry. If they take Trey Lance, I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm sorry to tell that y'all are going to be regretting that for this, a while. So This, this makes ahead. sense, though, Gitz, because it's a lot of teams in the, in the NFL that are without a quarterback or without a, a for sure quarterback. So, them making up stories about them to try to get them late, it, it makes sense. It makes so, sense. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Let's say this is a um a Dan Marino-esque situation where it's a team that's trying to get him to drop. What mm-hmm. team do you think that is? If he drops, what team does Justin Fields end up on? I mean, here's here's the thing about Justin Fields and, and him possibly dropping. If you, if you think about what Justin Fields is and what his ceiling is, right? If you think about what his ceiling is and you look at the back half of this draft, I what team could not use him? There's about really three teams that I'm like, yeah, they they would not have use for him. The I mean, Chiefs with Pat Mahomes, the Ravens yeah. with Lamar Jackson, the Bills with uh with Josh Allen, and um and that's about it. That's that's really it in this back half of this first. If you look at the back half of the the first round, right? So I'll just read off the the list of teams from number 16 through number 32. So if we're going by, if we're going team by team here, the draft order is, uh, the draft order is, give me just a second to pull this thing up here. 
The draft order is oh lord, not my phone. I got, I got you. You need to know the the order of the teams. Sixteen through thirty-two. Yeah. Oh, sixteen through thirty-two. Uh, yeah. Sixteen through thirty-two. We got uh, Arizona. Arizona couldn't use them. They got Kyler Murray already. The Raiders. Yeah, Derek Carr. I I'm yeah. a full believer <laughs> that you you don't want to replace Derek Carr no matter what you do. You got Miami at eighteen. Miami already got two of them. Yeah. So so here's the thing though. Nineteen is Washington. If Justin Fields falls any lower than Washington, that the season need to be canceled. No football. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what. If if the Washington football team gets Justin Fields, if they get Justin Fields, I'm I would honestly and truly say, all right, that's a wrap for the NFC for the next little bit. That, that, everybody in the NFC, y'all better get y'all wins off in these next two to three years. That's the NFC East. They making the playoffs when, next year. When you got Chase Young coming off one edge, Montez, Montez Sweat coming off another edge, you got you can't. Those two players alone are like extremely impactful. You got Payne coming up the middle. You got mm-hmm. Allen as well there. That defense is already an impactful defense. You got him yeah. throwing to McLaurin, Samuels. That I think. Let's just. To, I think they need to give him a, a couple more weapons though on offense. Like that, he has some solid receivers. But for I think sure, he needs like a. I think he needs like a. The running back they have was one of the best rookies in the game last year. I mean, the, the, that team, if if they get Justin Fields. Good night down the road for a long flight to the NFC. It's, it's, <laughs> and, 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 and they would have nobody to blame for this but themselves. If, if he slipped to the Lions and we take a linebacker over him, go good. Y'all deserve what's about to happen to you. If he slips past I mean, most of those the Lions teams. Lions just Stafford. So if they, if they don't, I mean, I guess you got Jared Goff. I oh yeah, Jared. Jared Goff. Yeah. All right. I mean, I He's... know Gibbs. I know Gibbs. I know Gibbs. But I don't see a world where they traded they Stafford and they just giving up on Goff. I don't see a world. So I don't see the Lions drafting. I'm not. But here's the thing about taking the quarterback early. You see how the Packers drafted Jordan Love early. You see how the Packers drafted um, Aaron Rodgers while Brett Favre was still there. The fact of the matter is, you can draft a quarterback now. And still have the idea that you're not my guy now. You're going to be the guy in two, three years. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, to me, yeah. it, it you got to be out of your mind to tell yourself, oh, yeah, like, I'm I'm totally fine with passing up on what could be a generational quarterback for what? The team that I want him to go to, they're not in the range to get him. I really love him in New Orleans, man. I would really love him I'm, in New Orleans. Again, again, I, I wanted to do just the, the the back half of the first round, but now I'm like looking at this for real, for real. Yeah. If he slips past the Lions, if he <laughs> slips, if he slips past Denver, Lions if he slips New York, the Giants, Lions you gonna tell me them. that the Giants believe in Danny Jones that much? The, okay, the Eagles, mm, I get it. The Chargers, sure. The Vikings. The Vikings are a quarterback <laughs> away from being well, a championship yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, they are, but they just paid a lot of money to, to Captain Kirk over there, so I don't see them, you know. I'm, I, I'll tell you who he won't get past, the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick ain't passing them. Oh, oh. Bill <laughs> nah, Belichick ain't. Nah, nah. Come on now. And again, I you look. I would, I would love them on the Saints, but they signed Cam Newton for only $3 million. I don't see a reason why Belichick don't sign him because at the end of the day, you got two quarterbacks instead of one because Cam got some injury yeah. history. 
at the end of the day. And then you all, you all got them both for cheap. Like you got and then Cam also, the if you were to just keep Cam for that one year, you got two quarterbacks with a similar play style, and, and Cam could give them all the knowledge and in that's, the world. And that's the crazy right. part about it. You could bring Cam in in specific packages to be your short yardage hammer as a quarterback. When People don't realize how valuable it is to have a quarterback in the run game. It changes the math, the math of a defense. And I'm, I'm we're going to end it after this, but I just need y'all to understand something. The way the defenses are designed, we do not, as somebody who played college football at a high level and can explain this to you, we do not account for the quarterback in the run game a lot of times as far as like how we count off gaps and where you need to be. A quarterback being a, a de facto runner adds in to the 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 count of how many gaps need to be covered because your running back who would who would normally be getting the ball now serves as an extra blocker. An extra blocker creates two more gaps right. that you have to fill now. So hey, to I'll me tell you one thing if we get if he go to the Washington football team we got to bring our lady uh, Washington football team fan back on here, man. Cause I know oh, DeLon, let me tell you something. That, that's, that's the homie. She's going to be back on soon anyway. But we – oh, if, if if on draft day they call the number, I, I am guaranteed we will have DeLon Noel back on this show if she – if especially if they take uh, Justin Fields first round, if, if he falls to them, all right? Because that's yeah. – this got to be pre-draft lives. It got to be. It got to be. Because for most years, I'm, if we look back over a lot of these previous years, Justin Fields would be the number one pick. Yeah. If we look back over all the years that we've recently seen, Joe Burrow last year would probably still be the guy. But if we look at the years before that, Justin Fields is the number one pick in a lot of those drafts. So to somehow say, oh, yeah, he's the, the fifth best QB now. <sighs> Okay, I mean, if y'all want to get somebody that big, I'm looking at this draft order, Gibbs, and has the has the has the draft always been crazy? Like, I think this year the draft is like the order is just. Really I mean, crazy. we we probably this is probably one of the first years. This is probably one of the first years where we've seen like five or six teams all have uh, multiple, or not five or six, like two three teams all have multiple first rounders. This yeah. this is probably like, the first man. time that we've seen that. Because I mean, See, I, I want to say, to my Steelers. <laughs> I, and and I and I'll tell you what, and I'll tell you what, if he does, if he does, I, that's that's gonna be. Uh, I would. I'm gonna enjoy watching the battles of him and Lamar Jackson for the yeah. for years to come, for years to come, because Pittsburgh has everything else for the most part except the running back and the quarterback. That's and the running back is a type of position you can get that anywhere. Right. You could. Philip Lindsay was a pro bowler for the for the uh, Broncos, and he was undrafted. You, you you can get you a fast runner for one season. That's going to be if there's if not a lot of exactly. Runner, you can get exactly. you a job at best. You can get you a Peyton Hillis, and you'll be good. Look at look at a, a Raheem Mostert, a Matt Breida, all those guys. Very good guys who like you just kind of seem to have come out of nowhere as like a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick. So again, these. Is 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 madness and is the part that confuses me the most? QB thirst every year leads teams to do crazy stuff around draft year, <laughs> like like trading up for uh for uh, Mitch Trubisky, like paying uh, Mike Glennon thirty five million dollars. And no disrespect to the fellow NC State alum, you know I, I done met the man. He's a he's a good dude. This is no disrespect to him as a human being. He ain't want to deserve no thirty five mil. 
He ain't deserve <laughs> that. Come on, man. So, again, I know y'all tired of us talking about the draft and, and, and talking about who need to go where. But come on back next week and the week. Oh, and talk about Kyrie and uh, what his trigger word is, apparently. But come on back next week <laughs> and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. All right, perfect, perfect. Just ended on Twitch. Solid show, fellas. Oh, yeah, that was a great show.